Jeff, who won the uh, Brian Adams tickets? My man, Mark Jones of Woodsboro, Maryland. Congrats, Mark. Enjoy that show. Does anybody know where Woodsboro, Maryland is? I've never heard of that until today. Woodsboro? Borough, yep. B-O-R-O, like Upper Marlboro. Woodsboro, Maryland. All right, five bucks to anybody that can guess what county it's in. Anne Arundel. One guess, Anne Arundel. Jeffrey? Charles County. Uh, neither of you are right, and since I'm looking at a map, it's between, I think it might be Frederick County, but it could could also be like Howard County. Neither of you are right. Congratulations, Mark. Uh, right now, it's not Ben's day. Don't be alarmed. Don't consult a calendar. But Ben Standick joins the program back in town after a week down in Mobile. Benny boy, what up, bud? Uh, what's happening? I was trying to think. I knew I had a, a fraternity brother in college who lived in Boonesboro, which was like in Frederick area. So that was my guess. Well, a brief Google search has revealed Woodsboro, Maryland is... It appears to be between Frederick and Westminster. Um, sure. So I don't really know what county that is. I apologize to those in Woodsboro, but hopefully it's nice weather there. Uh, how was Mobile? What did you learn in Mobile? Um, look, I'm, I'm not somebody who likes to like hype up things that are not that shouldn't be hyped up. It was fine. It wasn't particularly as interesting as it's been some other years, and I, I know you've been down there in the past. Part of that is, of course, you know, Ron Rivera wasn't there. Nobody spoke on Washington's behalf. I guess officially, in, anyway. Officially, anyway, correct. Um, but then, you know, but then also just in general, I think the everybody seems to have the same vibe. But, you know, as you know, like at night, it's like a networking event, so to speak, with uh, you know teams and coaches and agents and obviously media and others. And there were people there, but just not as many as there were. In, in years past, and, and I think everybody's trying to sort through this. Is this because of like the East-West Shrine game was happening opposite? Uh, is this sort of a, a, of a take on how the Rams have stopped sending people to a lot of these games, um, et cetera? So it's an interesting. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, you still have conversations with people about the picks and some of Washington situations, um, but uh, I, th- I think we may be having a changing of the guard with the off-season program here. We'll see. That that is interesting. So you're telling me Veets wasn't wall to wall, packed with owners and coaches and everything else. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Pr- pretty much. I mean, like one of the one of the places I w- I went last year. It's it's attached to one, uh, one of the bars attached to a hotel, a bar, restaurant, what have you. And when I went in there last year, at one point there were probably twenty people. It was relatively early in the night. There were about twenty people in the establishment. And I would say a quarter of them were actual NFL general managers, like not just an executive, but like the actual GM Right. this year. I don't even know if I saw more than like one or two out period, uh, anywhere. So yeah, some of the main restaurants you mentioned beats is sort of a, um, you know, old school kind of a, kind of a bar. And it's one of the diviest dive bars I've ever laid eyes on. Yeah. 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 Dive dive bar for sure. But yeah, I mean, there were people there, but it wasn't, uh, yeah. Every, Everything was less crowded than than you would than you would think. You know, it was you know, relatively earlier in the week. It's I'm not talking about like even like Friday or Saturday. I'm talking like early in the week. So um, yeah, again, it, there's still people there. You can still glean information, you know, have conversations, but just different than it's been in the past. 
Yeah, I, you know, I wonder that too because, I mean, every, like the amount of tape and the amount of like Zoom interviews, I, like we've all, COVID, like the pandemic has kind of changed the way a lot of work travel and, and how people view the need to actually physically go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like we all were forced to change our our habits, and I and there I think there will be some effect of that on the back end. Um, it, so that's an interesting thing. And then you got you add the Shrine Game. Shrine Game's in Tampa, right? No, they 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 uh, had it in they had it in Vegas this year as part of the sort of the overall Pro Bowl. Okay. Festivities. So and the, the you league, also have the, the HBCU game at the Rose Bowl or at the Coliseum. I think like. A lot of this stuff is getting packed into one 10-day time frame, it feels like. Right. And also the NFL, like the Senior Bowl, it's an oddity in that it's not part of the – the NFL doesn't control it. Um, but the NFL is trying to push this, the Shrine game. There's right. connection there. That they took – the you know, for years, the Senior Bowl, the two sides were coached by a specific staff, the Bengals or the Lions, right. the Washington, whatever. They now took that and put it to the Shrine game leaving the senior bowl to do what they did this year, which is sort of just grab various assistants, including four on Washington staff, you know, the, the Jennifer King, Ryan Kerrigan, and so on um, to get them involved. So it's still fine. And it's good for you know a team like Washington to get eyes on these eyes and hands on these players. But at the same point, yeah, it's just another example of where the NFL is putting, you know, putting a thumb on the scale, trying to push this thing the other way. And look, if they do have it in Vegas on the regular, you know, it's going to be hard to compete Vegas versus Mobile at some point. Yeah, agreed. Uh, talking with Ben Standig from The Athletic, covers the Commanders. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ben Standig, here via the BetQL guest line. Um, I, I want to talk quarterback. I want to talk coordinator. Let's start a coordinator. Scott Turner gets a job with the Raiders. Uh, we all knew he was going to get a job. It's just a matter of where he was going to land. Frankly, I expected the passing game coordinator title to be what he got. Um, he's still going to get paid by the Commanders. It's Kind of makes him a really enticing candidate, I would imagine, for other coaches and ownership that don't have to pay up. Um, any surprise by Scott landing in Vegas? And what is the latest for you on the coordinator search? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, kind of figured, like you said, he would get a job somewhere, assuming he wanted one. And the question would just be, and it wouldn't be the full OC because, you know, it's not like everything worked out perfectly here. So, and he doesn't have like a huge, a uh, long history of that kind of uh, work. So this makes sense. And you're sure the Raiders, I mean, look, he did play college ball in UNLV. So he's certainly familiar with the area. And, uh, you know, at least like the difference between the the Raiders situation and Washington right now is you would think that Josh McDaniels has a lot more time on his side. He's all, he, I mean, this year was not a success for the Raiders, but it was also his first year. And the fact that they're moving on from Derek Carr suggests they understand this is going to be a longer process Whereas, like here in Washington, you know, if Rivera doesn't win this year, then in, independent of the ownership situation, you know, he could be out. So, yeah, I think from from Scott Turner's perspective, this is not a bad spot. Now, the question is, what are they going to do with quarterback? Right? Because <laughs> uh, you know, they have the seventh pick, and they could potentially be in the mix for an Aaron Rodgers or something. But you know, he, he could be in the same boat he's been in here for the past that he was here the last three years, which is not a true number one quarterback and trying to. Uh, you know, get by with whatever you can, whatever you have. Totally. Um, we, I, I, I would think you like me. Wish Scott lots of luck out in Vegas. I think 
you know, down the stretch, the offense really suffered. I'm not sure that he did a great job of calling plays, but I think he was far from the only problem this team had. Um, I think the biggest problems this team had were offensive line and quarterback play. Which of those do you think is markedly better next season? Um, I'll go with the offensive line because I don't know what to think of the quarterback. I understand the Sam Howe um, intrigue for them and makes sense. But, you know, we're also talking about a fifth-round pick with one career start. 11, so, 11 know, completions. <laughs> right. So we'll see where that goes and who else they add. But the offensive line, and look, just because you spend a first-round pick on a player or spend a lot in free agency doesn't automatically mean it will work. But in theory, if you're going to make an investment, you're probably going to have a better better result. And, you know, really, as we know, Washington's whole situation, whether it's because of injuries or age or, you know, just lack of uh, high-end talent, they just struggled really almost across the board. You know, Charles Leno was the closest thing they had to a steady presence at left tackle, but all the other spots could easily be why it could, could be changed and have different people at them next year. So I would think that that line should be better. But again, we'll see a quarterback if they actually add an Andy Dalton or a Brissett or somebody of note, then I guess you could make an argument it would be better. But at the moment, it feels like we know the offensive line they're getting upgrades. I don't know about quarterback. What do you, I, what do you think happens at, O-line, because I think they are legitimately going with Howell. I think it'll be Howell and some dude, right? We can all kind of guess which guy, but um, how many new starters on the O-line? I'll say, I mean, at least two. The question, I guess, would be, I mean, like Sam Cosme – Gonna guess he's moving into guard, but somewhere, and you know, look, Charles Leno has a pretty huge cap number. So if we were just talking moving on from like one player and everything else was set, I could see Leno possibly being a cap cut, but I don't know that they can justify doing that with all the other up people. But from there, I mean, it kind of feels like there's a new center coming based on the injuries that Chase Rouye and to that and Tyler Larson have had the last couple of years. Trey Turner is a free agent. Norwell is still under contract, and you could save a little bit of money. Moving on from him, but that's that's the that's the one where I'm not sure if if he's gone, then it's three new starters. If he stays, then two. So you could see Leno, Norwell, and then Cosme on the right side, whether it's tackle or guard. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I'm not necessarily advocating for Norwell, but just like with anything else, like, like even like with getting rid of Scott Turner, um, I understand that you know for some fans they were happy, but. Nothing's. We don't know. We don't know who they're going to hire. So if you don't, you know, until you know definitively what's going to change, it's hard to say that. I mean, I feel like the, the Norwell Turner thing. You know, as we know, Ron Rivera leans in on his Carolina past over seemingly looking to to, to scour the market for better options and or other options. And that feels like what ha- that's what happened here. So maybe they decide, hey, Norwell, we got to move on from him. Let's let's up, let's push Chris Paul back into that mix. Um, you know, by the way, you know, Wes Schweitzer is another free agent. We, we don't know what his deal is going to be. So, um, yeah, Norwell to me would be the sort of the tipping point on the two or the three. But, yeah, Cosme somewhere. And, and that's the thing, right? At number 16 in the draft, if they go this route, it does look like offensive tackle, will, they'll have options, some good ones there, and, and in the second round as well. So I'd be stunned as we stand here at the beginning of February if they didn't use a first or second 
on an offensive lineman, including a tackle. Yeah, I, I think tackle and corner seem most likely at 16. Is that You think there's any chance they go with Anthony Richardson? I don't, but that's kind of the QB that seems available. It doesn't seem like it unless Rivera gets some assurances somehow that, you know, he's going to make it through the full five-year contract because I just don't, from his perspective, independent of what was good or bad for the organization, from his perspective, taking a quarterback like Richardson, who is viewed, the general consensus is he's not going to be ready to play next year on any real level, that he probably would be better off staying in college. But, okay, his, his, his upside is tremendous. If you're going to get picked in the first round, you know, it's hard to tell somebody they shouldn't try to try to do that. So um, I can see a team picking him, but I would be sort of surprised if it's a team that either needs him to play immediately or has sort of immediate, um, you know, playoff deep run aspirations. So, so I just don't think Washington makes sense from that end, but he could make sense as a prospect if the longer view is, is, is taken into account. How, um, talking with Ben Standing from The Athletic, uh, you can check out his podcast, Standing Room Only. How locked into the the mock draft process are you yet? Is it too early? Is it coming? I am I am uh, nowhere. I am uh, I'm in, I'm in the desert. I'm I'm trying to move over to that. I I just like I'm probably making a bit of an excuse, but this is why I wish the OC thing was was done already, right? So at least like the ownership thing, we're just gonna have to wait. The OC feels like ah, oh, come on, can we just end this? <laughs> we can like stop even having it on the back of our minds. Um, but yeah, well, that said, going to the senior bowl, you know, I started to get a little more familiar with some of the players and obviously I've been reading up on the, on the class. So we're getting closer for sure. Uh, but, uh, not, not quite there yet. Okay. You got time, dude. You got <laughs> hell three months or whatever. Um, the last one, and weirdly, I feel like we're not talking about this so much because the sale is the dominant storyline. Then it's always quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Um, we also know the O-line, the lack of a coordinator right now, dude. You think it's going to be Bienemy? What do you think the situation is with Bienemy? Um, well, I it's hard to say that Bienemy would be the favorite because if you say somebody is the favorite, right, that infers that if they if they're offered the job, like if they're willing to take the job, that you would offer it to them and make a deal. But we have seen with Bienemy over the years that he goes through the interview process and then it doesn't work out, and you know. Therefore, I'm not going to sit here and say he is the favorite. That said, look at the situation, right? They've, they've conducted zero second interviews with anybody. The Ravens have done that with, I think, multiple people, and they were like a week behind Washington in this overall process, and they are still themselves supposedly waiting to talk to the enemy. So it seems like Washington is saying, we've interviewed the people we want to interview, we understand where they're at, and now we want to wait on this guy and because the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl – that's going to happen. So if you're going to do all this, wait, then you, the interest has got to be somewhat legitimate. It can't just be passing, I wouldn't think. Otherwise, what, what, what is going on here? So I would think the enemy's got a pretty good shot if, if, he, if he's interested. And I kind of get the sense that he is looking to move on from Kansas City. Obviously, the preference would be a head coach, but he can go somewhere and call plays. I mean, I think that would be probably the next best thing. I get the same sense, Ben, that there is some level of interest because otherwise. Now, I also think for Ron, he doesn't have to be too worried about it because you can always just hire Shermer. He's not nobody else is calling him. You can always call Zampezi. You're not going to lose him, right? Like right. Well, he's got like a the, backup plan. Right. 
Well, that's the thing. Going from the very start of this, my, in my take, and I don't think I was unique in this, was whoever they're going to look at will presumably be somebody who has no options, right? I mean, if you have multiple options, you're not considering a Washington team, not because of Sam Howell even, but because of the uncertainty there, but because of the uncertainty with ownership. And you have no idea how long Ron really has. So why are you going to come to a place? You know, I guess you can get a two-year deal with the way Jay Gruden did when he went to Jacksonville got a two-year deal in a situation where they looked like the coach could be gone. But, you know, Kay Gruden was kind of swimming, swimming upstream at that point as well from a career perspective, and most of these candidates are as well. So, yeah, I mean, Shermer has not been interviewed by anyone else. As far as I know, neither has Anthony Lynn, I don't think. I don't think um, so either. Certainly, Zampese hasn't. So, yeah, if, if they're going to take an experienced guy, they're not going anywhere. Right. I, I, I think – you may not like the options that they have, but I feel like they think they have plenty of options. Two more things I want to hit on. Um, Deron Payne, what's your I, – I think the tag window opens relatively soon. The tag window opens before the league year opens. So if they're going to tag him, we'll, we'll definitely know within a month or I guess within five weeks. Do you think they're going to tag him? I, I – don't believe they're going to be able to get a long-term deal done with him. But wh- where do you think things are with Payne? Yeah, I mean, I think the tag makes the most sense for them on multiple fronts. Um, you know, you're not making the investment in two defensive tackles for the long term, which is, you know, sort of a, a, a bugaboo for a lot of executives if you're just talking about roster building in general. Then, of course, there's the whole question of this: is Dan Snyder telling – Rivera and Mayhew that they've got they've got a budget to deal with that he doesn't want to tie up money in escrow the way you have to do it with uh, free agents who have who have a guaranteed money um, and, and you know a franchise tag would be guaranteed but in that you wouldn't have to escrow anything it's just the weekly pay or the, the biweekly paychecks that they get versus you know if you sign to a four year I'm making this number up four year eighty million dollar contract whatever money of theirs guaranteed you that you would have to ask for. So it seems like that would be a better deal for them. I'm sure Deron Payne <laughs> would not love that. And we know, I think he's going to be quite pissed, frankly. <laughs> right. And we know the tag can, can, you know, escalate some tensions and I'm not saying that there are tensions, but you know, this is a weird spot for them. As we know, paying, you know, all these defensive linemen extensions isn't realistic, I would say. And, uh, but if you pay Payne, then, you know, you have, what are you doing with Sweat and Young? So there's a lot of factors here, but right now I would probably guess the tag or he leaves. Uh, I would guess the same. I I think you try to be smart, explore transition tag, and if you're probably going to lose him, get something back. Whether you're losing him this year or a year from now, I, I would my goal would be to maximize the opportunity. Um, quickly, do you have $49 million? Um, I have not busted my old piggy bank, so I may be a little short, but I'm not positive. Do you plan on buying Dan Snyder's Potomac Mansion? Um, you know, I don't get the fancy endorsement deals like you do, so I don't think I'm quite in that range (laughs) just yet. I wouldn't mind an upgrade. Listen, I I love my guys at Rudy's Golf, but I'm also not buying Dan Snyder's mansion. Um, what do you make of Washington Business Journal this morning has the report that his Potomac Mansion is going to be listed as just a house for sale. Like everybody's going to click on it on Zillow. Um, what do you make of that and the sale overall? 
I mean, you know, he, he just bought this other house on the Virginia side of, of the Potomac. So I guess it's just no different than, than, than the rest of us. You know, you, you, you don't, you know, you don't typically have two homes, especially when they're both, uh, you know, projected somewhere in the four, over $40 million. Um, so I don't know if I put too much into that in terms of Dan Snyder's future, but um, you know, I, it's interesting, right? I mean, the fact that maybe it's because of the Nat situation where this thing is now dragged out to the point where people are almost assuming like it won't happen, um, or other than or maybe he just goes to some uh, ad, ad minority partners. I'm not saying that that's where things are going with with Snyder, but I mean, you do hear a little bit more thought about that. And again, maybe that's just people wondering what's taking so long. And I don't even know if it's taking so long. I just people are anxious. I think to, to hear something get done but you know the, the owners meeting in march you know that has seemed to be the sort of the first realistic uh marker in this situation so i think we have a little bit of time before that gets sorted out but i still kind of assuming it's happening but you know with this situation who i'm not gonna block you i'm not writing anything in pen until until we hear something more definitive landfill was that an all-time wishy-washy answer I mean, that was the, the mount rushmore of non-committal Maybe that you know what that's probably how you're single. You you know what you're doing when it comes to not making a commitment, Benny. Wow, I didn't realize a Dan Snyder question would 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 attack my uh, my, my You're a bachelor, status. brother. I'm yeah. yeah. Um, all right, give me a Super Bowl pick. Um, uh, for the record, I'm still leaning that he would sell, but until I'm that just happens, busting uh, your chops, dude. I uh, I'm aware. Um, yeah, I, I you know I, I think to me the most interesting thing about this Super Bowl is what is Jalen Hurts' deal, both in terms of his physical status, but also, like, this is a, obviously a massive game, to say the least, but he's not played in one like this. I know he just played in the NFC Championship game, but, you know, with, with, the, Eagle, with the 49ers quarterback situation, he wasn't really under much duress. And I'm just curious, what does he do in this big, big spot? We know what Mahomes will do, even if he's not close to 100%. I think Kansas City feels like, to me, they're a team on the mission. That's kind of what I felt from the start of the year, so... I'm going Chiefs something like 24-20. Maybe that's a little too low, but something like that. Chiefs 24-20. I like it. I, I, I also think the Chiefs win this thing. I think the Eagles had a incredibly easy march to the Super Bowl, and rarely does it go down quite like that. Um, I appreciate your time, man. What do you got coming up on the podcast? I imagine some good stuff from Mobile. Yeah, I had a couple of uh, recaps off of that, including one with one of our draft analysts to get his view on the – on the prospects and yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of draft, a lot of free agency talk going forward. Uh, this is what the people have to talk about and I'm, I'm with them. So we'll, we'll do it. All right, Ben, thanks for the time, bro. I always appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Dave. See you, man. All right. That's our guy, Ben Standig. You can follow him on Twitter at Ben Standig. When we come back, you'll be stunned how much money Sean Payton is going to make with the Denver Broncos. Plus we got to talk about the wizards. Cause remember when everything was going great last week, What a difference a week makes. Don't go anywhere.